Welcome to the Impact Play, impacting more than just gaming. We are your weekly source for the latest news, updates, discussions, and the times have debates that revolve in and around the video games in the industry. You can be a part of the live show experience over at twitch.tv backslash the Impact Play, clicking on the notification bell so you will be notified when we do go live or later on YouTube, or even on your favorite podcast platform. You simply search for the Impact Play. I am your host, Mohammed, otherwise known as It's Yagu, and this is episode 78. On this latest episode of the Impact Play, we will discuss our 2020 Gaming Awards predictions versus the actual winners. Halo Infinite now has a release window, plus a ton of announcements from Disney that you may have missed, in addition to the top news stories that goes beyond just the gaming industry. So, for, let's go into the first segment where we discuss what we have been playing, what we have been enjoying, what we're looking forward to, and just life in general, even if it doesn't directly revolve around video games. So, without further ado, I've been playing a lot of Cyberpunk 2077. I've been playing, I played it, I think, twice since its release on the 10th, so three days ago. And hopefully later on tonight, I will continue my playthrough over at Twitch.tv backslash Impact Play. And yeah, overall, the game's well made. It's not really my cup of tea, per se, but it is enjoyable nonetheless. nonetheless. Only, uh, the only bad things that I've been experiencing is the lower uh, rate of resolution, but it's fine, it's manageable. And the game did crash once on me. When I was uh, in the midst of continuing my gig, I forgot what his name was, but I was talking to him, and the next thing you know, the game just froze completely. And then I go back to the home sc- to the Xbox home screen, go back into it, and then it just showed the cyber- cyberpunk screen. So what I do to go around that, to, or to resolve that little, little bug, is I closed the game and I booted it back up and it saved pretty much where a little before where where it froze. That's what's good with the auto saves. Auto saves like you won't you you'll barely lose any progress with the auto save feature. And plus there's a manual save feature. This way you don't have to worry about it. But otherwise it's been good. And then hopefully once I get a good amount of time in into Cyberpunk 2077, I'll be continuing my playthrough of, of Assassin's Creed Valhalla over on my Twitch channel, including Fortnite's latest season. Over at twitch.tv backslash itsyagu, I-T-S-Y-A-G-O-O-H. And I've started, and I'm already on season two of The Mandalorian. So far, so good. I've been enjoying it lately. But yeah. So. Without further ado, let's get right into the gaming news side of things. Where are you? Okay. AMC warns it'll run out of cash in January. This is coming from over on, uh, on an article on The Verge. AMC Theaters is warning its investors that if it doesn't find $750 million, it will run out of cash by the end of January 2021. So sometime next month, the company issued new public documents announcing that because executives can't predict what the supply of movies will be like, and it's unclear if people will even file file into theaters again. The company is unsure of how much money it can make. 
specifically AMC's documents note that executives can't know with certainty the impact of the Warner Brothers announcement or any similar announcement regarding the release of movie titles concurrently to the home video or streaming markets. Conserve, conserve, oh, sorry. Conversations with studios like Warner Brothers and Disney's have yet to take place, the document adds. Now AMC is facing challenges that have been exacerbated by Warner Brothers. Last week, Warner Media announced that Warner Brothers will release its movies on HBO Max on the same day they premiere in theaters. We know about that. Uh, so it looks like AMC, like theaters, is phasing out. Just because people have the app, people have more more than one option of watching the latest in movies. So who knows what this will actually do? So we'll see. Okay, Halo Infinite is. Uh, let's see. In the intro to a detailed blog post, Halo Infinite posted earlier. 343 Industries wrote that the game is now scheduled to release in fall of 2021. The production, written by the by Bungie veteran J- Joseph Staten, who joined Halo Infinite's production back in August as a new project lead, was Infinite's release just the beginning of the adventure. And this is written on the on PC Gamer. After Reach ship, I became a Halo fan, cheering on 343 from the sidelines, he wrote, but I've, I've spent the last four months immersing myself back into the Halo universe, and it's my honor as creative director to help our team ship Halo in fall of 2021. Stan goes on to say, saying that based on feedback from the Halo Infinite July demo, discussion boiled down to one fundamental truth. We needed more time to do things right. Hmm. The black post from About Infinite's development includes discussion of the July demos graphics, which were criticized as underwhelming on release. 343's director of art management, Neil Harrison, called the reaction humbling and said the reality is that the art and visuals weren't at the bar we hold Halo for. So the reality is that the art and visuals weren't at, oh, I already said that word, even in a work in a progress state. Much of the feedback we heard from the community aligned with our own views and work we were already committed to doing things like indirect lighting, material response, foliage and tree rendering, clouds, level of detail transitions, and character fidelity. Harrison added that they were also looking at additional opportunities for improvement and called out some improvements that developers have already made since July adjusted dynamic lighting to add much more punch and contrast to the image and player character fidelity and there were also a couple of screenshots that were announced earlier on social media you need to check, check, check that out if you like all right now let's get into the game awards I've, uh, uh, actually before we get into every announcement we'll get into what we got right or we got wrong and our scoreboard essentially they were pretty much voted in 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 categories? No. 19, 20, 32, 24 categories. So, for Game of the Year, our vote went out to The Last of Us Part 2. The winner? The Last of Us Part 2. Not to check. Best Game Direction, we chose Hades. But the winner was Last of Us Part 2. Thus, in narrative, we chose Ghost of Tsushima. The winner was The Last of Us Part 2. 
Best Art Direction and the Best Scoring Music. We chose Ori in the World of the Wisps for both categories. But the winner was for Ghost of Tsushima for Best Art Direction and Final Fantasy VII Remake for Best Score and Music. Best Audio Design. We chose Ghost of Tsushima, but it was The Last of Us Part Two. Best Performance. We chose Laura Bailey as Abby in The Last of Us Part Two. The winner was Laura Bailey. Games for Impacts. We chose to Tell Me Why. We got that right. Best Ongoing. Fortnite. We chose Fortnite, but the winner was No Man's Sky. That was clearly unexpected. So I didn't expect No Man's Sky to win the Best Ongoing Game. Best Indie. We chose Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout. The winner was Hades. Best Mobile Game. Among Us. We got that one right. Best Community Support. I honestly believe that Destiny 2 would win it again this year. But actually, what went to Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout. Best VR and AR. We got that one right. Half-Life with Half-Life Alex. Innovation and Accessibility. We got that wrong. We chose Assassin's Creed Valhalla, but it was The Last of Us Part 2. Best Action. We chose Doom Eternal, but it was clearly Hades. The Best Action and Adventure. We chose Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I chose Assassin's Creed Valhalla because it is my favorite game this year, but it went to The Last of Us Part 2. Best RPG. We chose Genshin Impact and went out to Final Fantasy VII Remake. Best Family. I honestly thought that Mario Kart Live Home Circle was going to win it, but we went out to Animal Crossing New Horizons. Best in Strategy. Uh, we, I voted for Gears Tactics, but it went, went out to Microsoft Flight Simulator. Best Sport in Racing was I chose FIFA 21. But it went out to Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. I was clearly divided between the two, but I felt like FIFA had a more of a chance to win. So, best multiplayer among us. I got that one right. Content creator of the year. I, I voted for Alana Pierce. It went out to Valkyrie. Best debut game, Phasmophobia. And it's Phasmophobia. And the best esports game was League of Legends. And we got that one right as well. So we got... Let me see. One, two, three, four, five. We got eight right out of. Let me see. Eight out of twenty-four. So we got only a quarter of them right. No, a third. A third of them right. So we got like thirty-three percent. So we failed this. We failed our, our predictions. <laughs> this was fun. So in the meantime, let's get into the announcements and reveals. We're going to start them from, actually, I'm going to go first before I go into them. I'm going to discuss what I've, my highlights of the show, I guess, or my favorite announcements. So let's see. Century Age of Ashes. It kind of caught my eye, and especially the announcement for Super Smash Brothers. Perfect Dark. Back for Blood. And where's the last one? Dragon Age Four. So I guess we'll discuss everything else that was announced. We get a teaser trailer for Mass Effect. 
and it looks like Leon. This is coming from my gen right here, by the way. Instead of me calculating everything, I generally had it set. So I'm like, might as well get it, get it straight from them. So Liara Tassoni plays a role in the next type of adventure. We patiently await even more adventure. I'm sorry, even more information. We got our first look at the Ruined King, a League of Legends story. Uh, it's a turn-based RPG set in the League of Legends universe. So it's like a branch off? That's what it looks like. Just Cause Mobile. Scarlet Nexus. Oh yeah, I forgot about that one. That one called me I too from Mente Nemco. Honestly, I forgot about that game. But that definitely caught my eye for sure. Out of out of everything. It's arriving in summer of 2021. Master Chief is in Fortnite now. And the Walking Dead. Daryl and McCone will be are arriving on December uh December 16th. So in three days of this live recording. Among Us is getting a new map. And it's scheduled to arrive in early 2021. And it also revealed that it was an airship. And there's a new mask available in the game. As Jeff Keighley. Talked about that. We got a new trailer for Monster Hunter Rise. An upcoming demo announced for January of 2021. Or planned, I should say. Elder Scrolls Online Gates of Oblivion was announced. And it's scheduled for... It has an, a global reveal event for January 21st of next year. Oddworld. It's funny, I just Google. I didn't even say Google at all. She just talks on her own. We got a new trailer for the upcoming installment of the Oddworld series revealed a release window spring of 2021 with PS4, PS5, and Epic Store as launch platforms. Super Meat Boy Forever gets a release date for December 23rd to the Epic Game Store. It takes two. We got our first gameplay trailer. And it's due to launch on March 26th. We got a new look of Paternal for the PS5 of coming on March 19th of next year. Ghost and Goblins Resurrection was announced. Uh, is Getting a release date for the February 25th. Evil Dead. We got Outriders. We got a new trailer. We've discussed that plenty of times on the show. We got a in-depth look at Fall Guys Season 3. Arc 2 is getting an animated series. And it looks like Vin Diesel is starring. Hold on. Oh no, Arc 2 was announced, but the animated series was also announced. I thought that was the anime. <laughs> I wasn't sure. Alright, interesting. So we got uh, we got a new Season 1 trailer for Call of Duty Black Ops, Warzone, and War No, Call of Duty Cold War. I don't get it. It's, uh, whatever. What's confusing is Warzone. Warzone has had many seasons. Why is it still showing as Warzone and Cold War has season one? Like Warzone came way before Cold War was out. So I don't understand their mindset. It's so weird. But regardless of the fact, 
we have an indie game coming from Scavenger Studios. And it's... Uh, but hold on, let me see something real quick. Well, that's season one. Yeah. But here we go. We got Overcooked. It's getting a new chef from the Muppets. Uh, we got Crimson Desert. We got our first gameplay trailer revealed. Endless Dungeon. We got our we got a a reveal. Dragon Age Four. We got our first sneak peek, and it looks to confirm the return of some fan favorite characters. We got Disco Elysium. The final cut is coming to consoles in 2021. And the final cut upgrade will have voiceover for every line in new quests. Open roads. We got a road premiere. And then we got Warhammer 40,000. Dark Tide. We got our first look at gameplay. We got the Callisto protocol was announced. Forza and, we, and Cyberpunk 2077 crossover. And it looks like... Forza Horizon 4 is getting a is getting a vehicle from that game. It'll be available for free starting December 11th, so it's like two days ago. So if those are interested, hop on that to claim it for free. Scavengers gets a closed beta. Sign up today. Hoods, Outlaws, and Legends release date announced for May of May 10th, 2011. For the Xbox One, Series X, I'm assuming Series S as well, PS5, and PC, and does it say nothing? Oh yeah, PS4, there we go. Black for Blood, creators of Left 4 Dead, Turtle Rock, fully revealed Black for Blood, a first person zombie shooter with co-op, and it's launching on June 2021. We got a cinematic trailer for New Perfect Dark, and it's still early development, of course, and... Like I said, a new announcement for Smash. And we're getting Sephora from Final Fantasy VII. And it's like, it should be available now. And Century Age, Century Age of Ashes was revealed. It looks like it's a medieval fantasy game. And it's a free-to-play PvP. And it's scheduled to arrive in February 2021. Near Replicant version 1.22474487139 game, and we got a first look at gameplay. And it's now available for pre order, and it's due to launch next year on April 23rd. Focus Home Interactive revealed Shady Part of Me. And it's available now on PC via the Steam and Epic, and we got PS4, Xbox One, and the Switch. Sea of Solid 2 is coming to the Nintendo Switch March 4th. Sechia announced a first a reveal. And that's about it. And that's coming from. No, hold on. I didn't, I, okay, I didn't talk about this. We missed one. Devolver Digital announced Loop Hero, a deck, new deck building roulette from Four Quarters. Whatever that was. Honestly, they didn't understand the, the trailer. <laughs> okay, let's see. Now, 
The Game Awards has also announced the names of the 50 inaugural members of the future class in annual recognition of individuals who represent the bright, bold, and inclusive future of video games. The list includes names from across the industry, including development, esports, content creation, journalism, and community and community leadership. This comes from GamesIndustry.biz. So I'm going to give you a highlight, and you can also view it on their website, on the Game Awards website. We have Adam Campbell, Blessing Adioye Jr., Brandel Cowell, Brady Clifford, Ian Hamilton, Jen O'Neill, Kitty Plaguey, Morgan Baker, Natalia Flores, Voice Payne, Tanya DePass, and Zachary Hartsman, just to name a few. So you can also view the whole list. I'm not going to read off the whole thing. <laughs> but yeah, congrats to them. Kudos on them. And it's amazing that there are such tremendous people in this gaming industry that are trying to make a difference, that are trying to make an impact in this industry. All right. So for those of us that were so focused on the Game Awards, you may have missed Disney's huge announcements. This is coming from The Verge. Disney just made a deluge of announcements at its 2020 Investor Day, including updates on new Marvel, Star Wars, and Disney Animation Studios projects, as well as updates on Disney Plus and Disney's other streaming service. Here's everything you need to know. WandaVision this has a it got a new trailer and it's stated to, to I guess, release January 15th. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier finally got a full trailer and a March release date. We got a first look at Loki. Disney's highly anticipated short series based on Tom Hiddleston's Gods of Mischief character and a release date of May of 2021. Hmm. Hawkeye premiering on Disney Plus with in late fall 2021. Uh, also confirmed that Haley Steinfeld will be appearing in the series. What if an animated series from Marvel Studios that features the voice acting cast of many Marvel Cinematic Universe stars? Also got a new trailer. Feige also announced three new story. I'm sorry, Feige also announced three new, new series coming to Disney Plus. Ironheart, which I'm excited for that. It stars Dominique Thor and uh, engineering Jeremy Williams. Armor Wars, which examines one of Tony Stark's biggest fears, and stars Don Shiro, who is reprising his role as Colonel James Rhodey, and Circuit Invasion. Oh, I'm excited for that as well. The previously rumored Nick Fury led series that will see Samuel L. Jackson reprise his role as a Shield director alongside Bad Middleton Skull Shapeshifter Talos. No release date. We have Marvel Studios chief Kevin Feige also announced some casting updates on the already announced Moon Knight, She Hulk, and Miss Marvel. Notably, Tatia. Maslany will play the lead role in She-Hulk, with Mark Ruffalo's Bruce Banner also said to appear. While Miss Marvel star Iman Balani, Kamala Khan will appear in Captain Marvel 2. Feige noted that the show will continue to interweave with the greater Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm so excited for this, how the story will pan out. And we have a new Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special for Disney Plus for uh, 2022 
Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, 2023. And we also have I Am Groot, a series of short films. Black Panther 2 will not recast the late Chadwick Boseman's King T'Challa. The film set to be directed set for July 2022 by Ryan Coogler. We have a third Ant-Man film, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quatumania is in development. We have Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness will tie in to both the upcoming WandaVision and Sony and Marvel's third Spider-Man movie. And it's also, the studio also confirmed that the, the Benedict Cumberbatch Doctor Strange will also be appearing in Spider-Man's sequel. We, we discussed that before, but here's the confirmation. And also, we have a new Fantastic Four movie. Hopefully, this one will be so much better than the last two reboots. Alright, now let's get into the Star Wars universe. Disney not only announced that roughly 10 Star Wars series are coming to Disney+, Plus, but it also gave some early details about a few of those series and other Star Wars projects. Additionally, the Indiana Jones is now in pre-production and will now be released in 20, July 2022. That's a nice uh, tidbit. So, we have uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, The Bad Batch, uh, we have Star Wars Andar starring Rogue One's Diego Luna is coming to Disney Plus 2022. The Aqualot, Haiti, uh, we talked about that. A George story <laughs> will feature R2D2 and C3PO. We have Star Wars Lando, a new event series coming to Disney Plus, and Star Wars Visions is an upcoming anime anthology coming to Disney Plus. Wonder Woman's 1984's Patty Jenkins will be directing the next Star Wars movie, Rogue Squadron, due in December 2023. Disney also discussed the untitled Taika. What TT Star Wars movie first announced in May? That's have been, that had already been in development, and that's essentially it. Oh, oh yeah, this is actually exciting. Pixar. We have Lightyear, which is starring Captain America's uh, what's his name? Chris Evans is starring in that film. So they released a plethora of announcements. <laughs> if you want to check that out, uh, you can check it, check that out. That article on The Verge that was written by Jay Peters. Wow, three people. Okay. Chime Gar Tenberg and Julia Alexander. Okay. Next, we have xCloud. Cloud Gaming coming to iOS, PC devices in spring 2021. This is coming from an article on Eurogamer. Microsoft will roll out its iOS and PC options for streaming Xbox games in the in spring of 2021. On PC, you'll play through the Windows Xbox app. On iPhone and iPad, you'll play through a mobile web browser. Both apps will require, will require that you are a member of Game Pass Ultimate, of course. It was part of an Xbox Wire blog post, which previously discussed... Uh, the last one series XS launch will provide a few form numbers. Over 1.6 million games has been upgraded via smart delivery. Da, 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 da. You know, by Hello Infinite. So that's about it. I know we have a release window for XCloud for our, 
other than for a multitude of them of new devices coming to the ecosystem. The Last of Us Part Two creative director and Naughty Dog vice president Neil Darkman has been given a promotion and will now serve as president of the studio alongside Evan Wells. Congratulations on them. This is coming from GamesIndustry.biz. We have such an incredible team at Naughty Dog and being able to work alongside each and every one of them is especially meaningful these days, wrote Wells of the for, of the promotions. I feel proud of the team that I'm able to recognize their accomplishments and contributions to the studio. So, kudos on them. Okay? World of Warcraft's Shadowlands sold more than $3.7 million in its first full day of sale, Blizzard announced. Literally this week, and it's coming from GamesIndustry.biz. That's how the company's previous day to one high. Diablo 3's 3.5 million copies sold upon release in 2021, and prompted Blizzard to label it the fastest-selling PC game of all time. Alright. We have another article coming on um, from GamesIndustry.biz. Nintendo has reportedly sent a cease and desist letter to Indiegogo Charities campaign that was making custom Joy-Con controller shells in memory of YouTuber Desmond Etika and Mofa. The campaign, which reached nearly $37,000 in the funds raised by its conclusion in August of last year, was for a set of Etika's Joy-Con controllers with custom shells in honor of a YouTuber who took his own life earlier that June. Proceeds from each sale were, then, were donated to the nonprofit mental health Research Group Jed Foundation, with over $10,000 donated in December of last year alone. However, at the end of September, campaign creator Captain Alex says he received a cease and desist letter from Nintendo, which was which asserted that Joker shells and sale of them violated Nintendo's trademarks and IP rights. Which is not surprising, even though it kind of looks better in, on Nintendo's part. But then again, if anyone they're protecting their IP from. Even though this one went to charity, it still prevents future troublesome, future trouble, or future problems for for people people who are going to make um, their own shells, for instance, and sell them. So if they let this pass, why won't they let everyone else pass? So this is all for long term, folks. Don't think of anything as short term. Okay, Manticore Games has launched a new monetization system to its games creation platform core, giving creators half of the revenue their content generates. The new system labeled Perks lets users choose how their games can be monetized, whether it's through premium sales or even subscriptions, down to in-app purchases, cosmetic or otherwise, in the sale of passes or other forms of membership. And this is another article coming from gamesindustry.biz. For each sale, Creators make they will receive 50% of the re revenue with rest going to Manticore. Core enables players to not only make games from scratch but also publish and market them, even run a multiplayer service. Which is great. A lot of companies are moving or making more accessibility for developers and even access to more funds from whatever private are made. So, next we have Marvel's Avengers Operation K Bishop. Taking aim is now available, even though Marvel's Avengers looks like the numbers are dwindling down of a player base. 
like it's, I said this before. If you're going, if you're going after, if you're mimicking a game, if you're uh, bringing out games as a service game, then you should follow a games as a service model. Make the game free to play, in-app purchase, in-game purchases, games, battle passes, what have you, whatever, whatever your monetization is, that's fine. But it's games as a service game. It should initially be free. Look at Overwatch, for instance. When the Overwatch League took off, I believe three years ago or two years ago i don't know if i'm wrong correct me on that but regardless of the fact even with overwatch league itself the esports tournament side of things it's been dwindling down with viewership player base and so on why because they're mimicking games as a service but yet they're charging for a game that is supposed to be a games as a service which should be free even though they offer in-game in-game purchases as well but that's what happens Hopefully they'll be able to change their model. Remedy. Remedy Entertainment just revealed some brand new details about their next game called Vanguard. And it's coming from Games Radar. Uh, earlier this week, an investor called Remedy revealed several new details about Vanguard. Chiefly, the game is a free-to-play multiplayer live service game by Remedy Signature World Building. And narrative focus will still be very much a part of the project. There you go. Games the service should be free. So it's coming to its uh Epic is fully funding this, but the latter company Remedy will retain ownership of the brand new IP. The, uh, the game is coming to both consoles and PC. That's all we have for you. <laughs> but yeah, I'm excited for that. Alright. Facebook launches launched a black their black gaming creator program. It's coming from gamesindustry.biz. Uh, announced its program to support black streamers and help them pursue content creation as a full-time pursuit. To help further our commitment of diversity and inclusion, we are setting aside additional funding to help support our next generation of black gaming creators. Here at Facebook Gaming, the company said, we want to give back to our amazing gaming community and invest into the dreams of our future black gaming creators through our new black gaming creator program. And that's great on them. Facebook will spend $10 million over the next two years to fund the Black Gaming Creators Program, which will offer guaranteed monthly pay partner status at Facebook Gaming by a monthly mentorship and training summits and other resources to creators accepted into the program. So it's great that many uh diverse voices are being amplified from this industry so like like i said before we are aiming to diversify our community as well so for those that are in the are in the industry <clears throat> sorry in the industry or even trying to branch out reach out to me we'll simply bring you on to the show so join our community type exclamation discord in chat now to join our amazing family where we not only support but help each other grow. All right. Ubisoft has hired a former. Uh, should we talk about this? It's worth noting. I think we should. It's pretty much the same thing. Discover your games industry biz. Okay, Ubisoft appoints former Uber DNL 
head as a VP of Global Diversity and Inclusion, Rashai Sika will have an, an explicit and broad mandate to lead changes to following wave of mistreatment allegations. She will uh, Sika will focus on designing and implementing programs to promote diversity and equity among the company's employees across the globe. She will report to CEO Ves Volamit. And, it, and it's a, her hire is, it comes as a direct response to a recent wave of abuse allegations directed at a numerous at the numerous Ubisoft employees and leaders across the company, as well as accusations of a company culture that shielded and rewarded abusers. A primary focus coming will in will be to carefully listen to all voices that want to participate in improving Ubisoft's values and culture. And I will count on the support of every every Ubisoft team member to move the company forward she said she sika said video games have the power to promote the values of diversity and inclusion i hope my work will help reinforce this and ensure content created at ubisoft is reflective to the direct different backgrounds cultures and intent identities and stories the teams bring to work each day well, like I said, diversity and inclusion. Those two are should be the core values of every company in the industry in the industry, including us here at the Impact Play. Okay. We have a couple more here to discuss. The Zenimax Online Studios forms a new satellite studio in North, in San Diego. California that is working on an unannounced new AAA IP. The news has broke was broken earlier this week. Uh, by former Sony and Daybreak game designer Quentin Cope on Twitter, who's joining Zenimax as a senior games designer as one of the founding members of the new team. He is that's about it. Actually, it's a short article. Talked about that. Here's another great article. Niantic has donated a total of $7 million in 2020 to nonprofits focused on supporting black communities. In a social impact report published three days ago on the 10th, Niantic listed 20 different organizations that received some portion of the $7 million, at least $5 million of which stemmed from Pokemon Go Fest ticket sales earlier this year. The company has pledged at least an additional $5 million to supporting new games and AR projects by black developers. Additionally, Niantic donated $170,000 to pandemic relief this year and $700,000 to support education, health, and sustainability. Great, like I said, diversity, inclusion, and just trying to make an impact, a difference that bridges out beyond just the gaming space. That's what we're trying to do here over at MacPay as well. Those are our core values. Hmm, what's this about? We have Valve's next game rumored to have asymmetric PC versus AR structure, setter, which with a codename Sedato. It's coming from RoadToVR.com. We're literally almost done. Uh. 
it's thought to be a multiplayer game that pits PC against VR players with asymmetric gameplay. Hmm, that's interesting. An asymmetric game is one where players take in on wholly different roles from one on from one another. Your games are ripe for its kind of game's design because of the unique interaction, interactive capabilities of VR compared to controller or keyboard and mouse. In the case of Citadel, McVire thinks that asymmetric involves one side having a top-down view of the map with the ability to spawn AI enemies while the other likely will be down on the map fighting the enemies up close and personal. So confused about this, but yeah. Last but not least, the latest version of the iClass integration for Unity version 23 adds experimental OpenXR supports request and Quest 2 application development. New technique for reducing positional latency called Face Sync has been added to both Unity and Unreal Engine 4 integrations. iClass recommends that all Quest developers consider using it. It's coming from RoadToVR.com. OpenXR aims to allow developers to build a single application which is capable with an OpenXR headset rather than needing to build a different version of the application for each headset runtime. The newly released V23 Aculus integration for Unity adds support, adds support for an OpenXR <laughs> experimental plugin for Aculus Quest and Aculus Quest 2. This should allow for the development of OpenXR application based on the feature features provided by the iClass integration for Unity. Alright, let's see if we also got some new patch notes for Cyberpunk 2077 version 1.04. It deals with Caesar concerns and copyrighted music. And it's coming from GameSpot. Devel uh, Caesar Project Red has dropped a new update for Project Caesar, uh, for Cyberpunk 2077. That are, that addresses its copious bugs and issues. Update 1.04, which hits Xbox consoles as soon as possible, also fixes the quest system. And we and let's see, we here's the outline. Fix an issue with completing completing the final objective and getting the gig freedom of the press. Fix an issue with starting a conversation with Johnny at the end of the life during wartime. Where's the one about the... Hold on. Oh, here it is. And the major concern involved flashes that potentially could trigger seizures in those with epilepsy. According to the patch note, CD Project Red has modified the flashing effects on brain dancers to reduce the risk of induced epileptic symptoms. The effect has been smoothed out and the flashes reduced in frequency and magnitude. Quest in Cyberpunk 2077 have also been tweaked with a handful of them being optimized to ensure players can either complete or retract them. And there are other fixes being implemented as well, including Jackie no longer standing in the middle of the Ripper dock, conversations with Johnny Silverhand, and progress being unlocked with when taken on the I fought the low quest. But you can view the details on CD Project Web's website. So we're looking this further. No spam here, please. So, hold on, how do we do this? I know I did this before. Here it is. Uh, out. 
Thank you. And let's see if we have any last minute news stories that we have missed or anything news worthy. Let's see. Mm. Talked about that. Let's see. Let's see if something worth noting. Sony has begun refunding unhappy Cyberpunk 2077 fans playing on the PS4. And let's see anything else worth noting. Ooh, here's something else. Okay. Nice. Um, nope. I'm not seeing anything here worth noting. Uh, Spider-Man's Remaster is getting a performance mode. Yeah, that's about it. I'm not seeing anything else. Actually, let's branch on this. This is interesting. Yeah, that's about it. Okay. So, let's go to the first one. Uh... Sony is reportedly refunding Cyberpunk 2077 players unhappy with the game's performance on PS4, even past the typical two-hour playtime limit. A quick glance at the hashtag Cyberpunk 2077 uh, exemplifies the type of performance issues and crashes players are experiencing, but base PS4 users in particular seem most affected as detailed in Digital Foundry's analysis that discusses the exceptional poor performance on the PS4 and Xbox One. I'm using an Xbox One and it's not that bad. It's manageable. <laughs> it's still having a good experience, nonetheless. Spent an hour on the phone, and after that, it looks like they're probably being refunded. So, good luck if you can. But it looks like it's a hard process to go by. Like I said, no spam here, please. It looks like they're just bots. Next, what do we got? Uh, oh, yeah. The final days of Flash are upon us. The end of uh, burn, vulnerable. <laughs> I think the the vulnerable software that enabled streaming multimedia con content and games was announced in twenty seventeen. When Adobe said it would hold support in December thirty first, twenty twenty, with that date just a few weeks away, the final scheduled Flash Player update outside of China is live, and it is the end of an era. <laughs> we just, I guess. Okay. All right, let's see. Oh yeah, here we go. Last one. Petty Jenkins Star Wars Rogue Squadron movie is not a video game adaption. It's coming from IGN. Wonder Woman Wonder Woman director Petty Jenkins is directing the movie. And it's said that it's going to be an original movie instead of based on a video game. Based on the video game. So yeah. But that's essentially it. I'm not seeing anything. In the meantime, I want to check the e my email. See if we have anything else. Nope, nada. And let's check. Uh, where are you? Discord. Why is Discord closed? That looks weird. Mm, nope. Yeah, I'm not seeing any here. Okay, so, so further ado, then guys, actually no, before we get to that, if you want to send us reader mail, here's how. 
We want to know your feedback, your thoughts, and even any questions you may have for us by sending us free email over on our Discord server, leaving a voice note over at anchor.fm backslash impactplay, or later by sending us an email to readymail at impactplay.com. Who knows, it may even be featured on a future episode or even our special readymail segment of the show. So thank you guys so much for making the for making the impact player whatever day. If you wish to join our community server over on Discord, be sure to enter exclamation Discord in chat now. We are trying to reach affiliate status over at Twitch, and we need your help. Share our channel with your friends, family, and anyone who you believe will benefit from the show. And we also have merch. So set simply uh, simply type exclamation uh, exclamation merch in chat now to view our merch, or by going to streamelements.com backslash impact play. Uh, give me a second, let me get that right now. This is the, the oh yeah, merch.streamelements.com backslash impact play dash four three seven six. We're trying to get that changed to the impact play. So that's it for now. So thank you guys so much. Leave us a review, even just reading on your favorite platform. and. This is these are just one of the many ways that you could support the show. Even if you don't have if you, you don't have cash to support the show, simply share it, share us on social, help it, give us a follow, join our community. And thank you guys so much. Have a great one. And until next time, folks.